At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here on the Grit Daily Startup Show. Lee, we love to talk about the world of startup, the good, the bad, what we like to call the gritty, pun intended. So I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in the world of startup. But before we get into all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks all for listening. Uh, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur from a very young age. I even started doing door-to-door sales for a company that I built called Shoesies in the fifth grade instead of going to camp. So it, it really ran deep in, in my blood and in my bones. Um, and o- always kind of wanted to start the uh, adult life and get kicking with building a company. Um, when I finished college, I moved to New York City on a whim. Uh, and I had this itch to build a company, uh, as I mentioned. So pretty quickly, I built Confetti. Um, it started off as an event planning agency. We help hundreds of companies, in fact, thousands of companies put together uh, events a- across um, distributed teams. So really memorable virtual experiences. We have a really beautiful catalog um, with hundreds of uh, collections and ideas ranging from holiday parties and diversity, equity, and inclusion and professional development. And uh, it's been a, a really long uh, journey with lots of stories along the way. So I can very much understand the good, bad, and the ugly of, of the startup world, given that it's about now 10 years since I've taken the entrepreneurial path. You, oh, oh, it is. Sorry. I'm, my apologies. I thought, I, thought, I thought we cut out there. So that's the fun part of uh, I'm paying attention. I promise. I was looking at the website. I'm like scrolling <laughs> the website here. I thought you were continuing. No, so that's fantastic. 10 years. I mean, 10 years in the world of, of any business is... Uh, uh, is a pat yourself on the back moment because you know most businesses don't don't last. So the very fact that you bet on yourself, you bet on New York City, uh, and you bet on an idea and a concept that you had. So you know, ten years um, has. What would you say the biggest thing has changed that has changed over the past you know ten years with with confetti? Um, well, I mean, pandemic. When you're in a, an event planning company and your whole business is about getting people together in the in person world. Uh, the pandemic was definitely one of the the biggest challenges that I think that the company has ever hit. All of a sudden, you know, the the basics of getting people together was challenged because people literally couldn't get together. And um, I think what's really beautiful about the human spirit is that we actually still needed to come together. We just needed a different platform to do it. And virtual was the stage that uh, allowed us to really take that pivot and uh, ride a kind of a new wave um, that we weren't expecting to be as successful as it was. Yeah, it really started to take off. My uh, speaking business changed um, you know, drastically, and uh, we quickly find out that you can, in fact, deleverkey keynotes on. Uh, in fact, I emceed a couple of events too on Zoom. 
So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of an adjustment to say the least, but I think it was much needed. Um, the, the adjustment was much needed because, you know, I had somebody tell me this week, they're like, can we do a phone call? Cause I don't really do zoom. I'm like, do you do 2022? Do you, do you do present time? I'm just curious. She gave me this entire dissertation on why she doesn't like technology. And I thought I, I stopped to think for a moment. I'm like, you know, there was a lot of good that came out of the pandemic. One of them was forcing people to adapt to technology. Technology doesn't give a rip about what you think about it. And it's going to continue to move at the pace uh, that, that it does. So you got to take the good with the bad, right? Um, totally. So do you find you guys find yourself doing a, a, a good amount of, of both now in person and hybrid? Uh, it's a good question. So actually, um, first of all, all of our experiences are virtual experiences. Okay. Uh, we haven't gone back to the in-person world, even though the world has opened back up. Um, but a, a small portion of our business very much still is hybrid experiences. It's pretty surprising that it, it's not a bigger amount, but I think people really just lean into the fact that these virtual events, when they're done really well, um, you don't feel like you're, you need like a different component to it. I would say like, sometimes you go to the movie theater and sometimes you go home and you sit and watch Netflix. It's, it, they're not as competing with one another as people kind of make it up to be. And I think that there's a world for virtual events, obviously with distributed teams. And then there's also a world for meeting people in person. I'm not like anti meeting people in person. Uh, and I, I've definitely met those kinds of people that you reference that are like, oh, I don't like Zoom. And you're like, well, you probably have had a lot of crabby conversations. Like yeah, yeah. that's what it feels like it boils down to. Cause I can get really into a really good phone call, a really good zoom. It's just sure. a matter of who I'm speaking with and what, what's the convo about. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, so, so break it down for me. Give me some examples of some of these events that you guys host and, and do. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll share some of our number one bestsellers and then I'll, I'll go down to uh, the things that I think are very unique and creative. Uh, so, for example, our number one bestseller that always kind of fights for number one is our virtual escape quest. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of uh, escape rooms, if anyone has ever uh, played around with those. So a lot of experiences that challenge your communication work and classic team building, uh, competitive spirit. We have this like beautiful leaderboard that teams can compete against. Um, and then you have coworker feud. And I really love coworker feud because it, it uh, allows for a competitive nature, but a lot more laughs and giggles uh, interplayed. Um, other creative things that we have, again, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you have everything from like drag bingo, which is another really hilariously good time, uh, to DEI 101, or like, for example, with, uh, the holiday season, we did a, a winter holidays around the world to kind of show how different, uh, countries, different people, different backgrounds, uh, celebrate, uh, this time of the year, different, uh, unique traditions, and it just gives like a nice uh, warm feeling of a togetherness, especially in, in a corporate environment that's needed. But you also got wacky ones like ugly sweater decorating parties. And I've seen photos of those come out on LinkedIn recently. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, those came out so great. Yeah, I bet. Wow, this is this is uh, this is great. I mean, what a time to be alive. We got uh, all kinds of exciting things happening, like, you know, virtual events that are happening. So our, our majority of your customers and clients and corporate clients that are hosting events for their Correct. teams? Yeah, they're, they're corporate clients. But I think, you know, one thing that's really interesting is the, the term of remote work is still a very evolving definition. And we have customers that are fully in person, uh, Uber, for example, but um, they have teams that are distributed across the world. They have 
folks in New York and folks in India, and they still need those teams to collaborate and work together. So they rely on some remote experiences to balance things out. You have companies like JetBlue who are fully, you know, um, 80% of their staff is distributed um, and like not your typical remote hires, but they're field workers, they're uh, flight mechanics. So I think the word remote work is still very much uh, an evolving definition that's really exciting to see companies find their own way of what what that means to them. Well, you guys seem to have figured out a great solution for that. That's that is for sure. So talk about uh, I don't know, a great timing. You guys have been at it for a minute, so it's not necessarily, you know, creating things, but you were forced to move to a specific newer model and then it's stuck. Imagine that. Um I like I like virtual events, but I also like in-person events. I'm 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 booked for the entire month of January. And, and it's no, nothing's virtual. So I'm kind of excited about that. But at the same time, the travel does wear on you. There is a certain amount of, you know, joy knowing that I don't have to go anywhere. I really <laughs> don't have to go anywhere. So um, I go back and forth. So I think everybody kind of, you know, to, to each their own, you know, based on you know, the experiences. So when we talk about the world of startup, uh, Lee, what would you say the worst part of the startup process is? Ooh, fundraising. That's like almost an easy one, I feel like. I, I think the fundraising process is... Um, Something that I, I founders and I, including myself, I need to learn to fall in love with that process. There are many parts of the process that I do like. I love meeting new people. I like um, hearing uh, new perspectives. Um, but before the contract is signed, there's you're on kind of uh, your uh, interests aren't fully aligned always. I feel like with the person that you're in front of because they're. Uh, trying to get the best price uh, for for that deal, and therefore the way to, for them to get the best price on the deal is to really excavate all the problems that you have with your business, um, and and that's challenging to go through. You know the multiple no's, and even for the ones that are interested, you know, uh, really kind of getting down to how much how much is your company worth, and. Um, You'll never always see eye to eye with the people that are writing you check. Maybe in 2021, uh, you, the, that was exciting. But uh, in 2022 and what seems to be the trends that will be in 2023, uh, I think founders will be a little disappointed on valuations. Yeah, I mean, that's all subjective. That's a whole nother conversation right there. But, uh, you know, minus the egos, let's figure out what this thing's really worth, <laughs> which is, again, like you said, I'll, will always be a differing, differing opinion. So what, to the opposite of that, what would you say the best part of the startup process is outside of funding? I, I find uh, this journey very fulfilling in many different ways. I've, um, there's like seven different dimensions of wellness, like physical, mental, spiritual, and I find that work is a vehicle to be able to exercise those seven different dimensions of wellness. And the one that I think uh, I extract a lot of value from is the fact that you have to build a very um, deep relationship with your colleagues. And with our uh, parents, we don't get to choose our parents or our family. We do get to choose our significant other, but we end up spending the most amount of time often enough with our colleagues. And uh, I'm the boss, so I do get to choose, but my colleagues don't get to choose who who works often with each other. And it, it's a very deep process of being like, how do we uh, progress forward each other and uh, make sure that we're mentally healthy, physically healthy, spiritually healthy, and creating a, a healthy professional environment? 
and the um, the roller coaster that's associated with that, the amount of psychology that goes into uh, kind of taking apart each uh, onion and layers that each individual that comes into your workplace is, to me, is a really um, privileged opportunity that I, I, I enjoy a lot. You know, I've chosen a lot of uh, significant others. They just don't choose me, Lee. That's the, that's the, that's the problem there. That's my uh, w- want to be in a aspiring comedy career sneaking up on me in the middle of the interview here. So, uh, yeah, that I, I couldn't agree with that more. With uh, you know the, the 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 good part about it, but it's it's that qu- company culture um, and realizing that um, you know that that's what that's what keeps the the train going at at full speed um, or running at you know peak peak performance on there uh, when you realize that. Uh, you work for your team and they don't work for you. That's a eye-opening, uh, you know, a revelation for, for most people. What would you say the grittiest part of the startup process is? Hmm. Um, I think that, uh, essentially, and to you, how are you defining like grit, I guess, just to make sure that we're, we're aligned with that. So, you know, you know, when I think of grit, I think of, of, of my YouTube channel. That is the uh-huh. hardest piece of content to create. It's not just shoot a video and upload. Like it takes some grit. You got to like talk yourself into it. You got to script the thing out. You got to get into your character. You got to, you got to make sure that it's, it's going to try. And I, when I think of grit, it's more of like that scrappy mentality versus the good and the bad of it. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's a good example, but yeah, I'm, no, I'm I a think podcaster. What do you want? <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Um, I think that the grittiest part of the pot of the podcast, uh, the grittiest part of building a company is um, that you come to your business and you you have a vision, and then there's also your end customers at the end of the day that need to be aligned with that vision, and there's this constant uh, equilibrium that you need to overcome, which is how do I create something that's even better than what it is that they might even be looking for. Like the, I think it was a classic uh, phrase from uh, Ford where it's like, if you ask people what they wanted, they, they would have asked for a faster course, yeah. but uh, they ended up, you know, inventing the car. Yeah. Um, so it's finding this way to like learn from everyone, learn from what your customers want, but then keeping your core vision and finding a way to intervene, uh, interweave the two together. Um, and also the fact that in the startup world, you have such an array of mixed opinions. Uh, You're constantly going to get conflicting advice. And the hard part is like, you need to decide what path you want to take your company to. And again, it's listening to that intuition. And then it's also listening to other people and finding that equilibrium between the two, I think is one of the hardest uh, challenges outside of, of course, as I mentioned, the fundraising portion. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great definition of, of, of the gritty uh, p- part of the whole startup process in in your experience. Well, Lee, it's been so great to uh, to, to meet you and also get to know what you guys built here at, at Confetti. Uh, you know, it's been 10 years, but I'm sure you have that entrepreneur feeling daily that you guys are just getting started. So want oh, to yeah. wish you the, you know, the best of ongoing success. Keep, you know, disrupting the, the corporate event world as we know it and, uh, you know, wishing you guys nothing but the best. And I sure do appreciate your time. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, happy holidays. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Hopefully you guys had a happy holiday. Hopefully you all have a happy new year yeah, whenever true. this ends up launching. Uh, so uh, thanks so much for having me. And um, I hope to, uh, if, if you want to stay connected, by the way, I'm very much open to building a community with anyone who is looking to build uh, a startup or career. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, name, full name is Lee Rubin, L-E-E-R-U-B-I-N. Uh, or you can drop me a note in my email. It's lee, L-E-E, at withconfetti.com.
Amazing. We'll be sure to put your links there in the description of this podcast episode. So be sure to connect with Lee. Thanks again, Lee. I appreciate your time and happy holidays to you as well. Thanks, Sebastian. Have a great one. You too. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for you app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.